Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No markets this week, but with me per usual, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Maxine, I am excited to announce that rejoining us after a brief break, the Bay Area News Group's Warriors specialist, the host of the Locked On Warriors NBA podcast, and a man who's watched a game with Joe Lacob, challenged Monte on his moped lie, and recently enjoyed the company of Mr. Rick Barry, Wes Goldberg. What's going on, Wes? Thanks for having me. I mean, look, I may, I may have watched a game with Joe Lacob, may have talked to Monte Ellis and Rick Barry on my podcast, but there's nobody I would rather spend this evening with than you guys. Wow. So I'm going to be transparent and honest. I was going to admit to you, so the, the tweet that is posted to the top of your Twitter account is the I watched the game with Joe Lacob. And I was going to tell you that every time I hop on your Twitter account to see what you're up to and I see that posted tweet, I get all resentful and I'm like hella jealous and I've never really even met Joe and haven't sat down with him. But I can't say that now after you just dropped that nice compliment, man. So I'll just, I'll just keep that in pocket, okay? Yeah, don't say that. Yeah. I won't. I definitely won't. It, it, instead, I'll say this. I, um, I was thinking of you kind of last night, but more in an angry way. Did you ever think back and feel bad about completely f-ing ruining my best fictional player bracket with your stupid Lola Bunny take, or have you just moved on and don't think back on it at all? So those are two different questions. Um, <laughs> you asked me if I feel bad about it. No, I don't. The second question, do I think back on it? Yeah, all the time and how proud I am. I think in my professional career, that ranks above watching a game with Joe Lacob is coming in with Lola Bunny and completely sabotaging your fictional player bracket. You know, I didn't want to say this, Wes, but I'm super resentful of your Joe Lacob experience. I'm just going to say it, okay? You forced <laughs> it out of me, man. You forced it out of me. Yeah. Wes, we are welcoming back a topic I've loved, but we kind of got away from for no reason. It's the off-the-court report. The idea is really easy. In fact, we're going to be hitting it pretty hard today. Um, but the idea is this, you follow this team, you know this team, you see these guys in a capacity that we don't get to, and it's not just limited to the Warriors. You get to see all aspects. And a little while back, we had Connor on, and he mentioned it. What he said was that he went to the virtual draft combine, that you were also on that Zoom call, and he told us a story about LaMelo Ball, and he said that the back and forth between Ball and reporters just got weird. If and Maxine, correct me if I'm off here, but I think what he told us was during the back and forth, LaMelo's answers stopped making sense. Like at, at one point they asked him, have you talked to such and such team? And he said, I don't know, which just doesn't really play. So Wes, do you remember that? Was it hell of awkward? And what was your perspective? I do. Uh, and that wasn't even the weirdest exchange that I, I, it's so funny that you bring this up because I wrote about this. Um, I'm kind of starting this new column sort of thing on, uh, the Mercury news and it's called three points. And basically I just kind of go with three different points and they're all sort of related. Um, and the last point was about LaMelo ball and like the theme overall was how the warriors need to add like more ball movement and kind of stuff like that. And the last point that I made was about LaMelo ball. And there's been reports recently that he's like fallen down draft boards because he hasn't done well in these in-person interviews. And so I basically like on YouTube, you can find the media day interview. I don't know if it's supposed to be there, but you can find it. And so I linked to it and I kind of, and then I kind of transcribed this one exchange, but not fully the whole exchange. So there was this reporter from a foreign outlet. So he he had like some broken English, but still very easy to understand. And um, basically, he asked LaMelo, you know, every player aspires to be the first pick. Why should LaMelo Ball be the first pick? Right. And that sounds like a normal interview question. Right. Um, And LaMelo just sort of like said, oh, are you asking me? 
and everybody's like, and he's and he was like, yeah. And was there somebody like, else oh. there? Was there anybody no. else on the call? Yeah. <laughs> like no, like there was like seventy other reporters on the call, but like why would this reporter ask another reporter that question? It doesn't make any sense. I'm like Lamelo, everybody's here to talk to you, bro. And like and so he was like, oh, then can you can you ask me that again? And the reporter asked it again, and he had to ask three or four times. I'm not even kidding. And Lamelo Ball's answer to why he should be the number one pick in the draft was, and I quote, uh, I mean, uh, my talent, my work ethic, stuff like that. Every player aspires to be the first pick. Why Lamelo Ball should be the first pick? What did you say? Every player aspires to be the first pick. Why Lamelo Ball should be the first pick? Well, that's a question for me or you? For you. Are you asking me? Uh, you, can you replay that then? Because my bad. I, I thought you were talking to somebody else. My fault. All right. Every player aspires to be the first pick. Why Lamelo Ball should be the first pick, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, about talent, you feel me, work ethic, just all the stuff like that. Thank you. Sure. And if those are the kind of answers that he's giving in in-person interviews, no wonder he's falling down draft boards because that's not an inspiring answer. If I'm an executive, be like, really? That's why you should be the number one pick because you have talent and work ethic. Great, cool. There, Next there in are line. Thanks. Phrases that should never be a part of a job interview response. One of those phrases is stuff like that. That means you've just <laughs> didn't have a response, you know, and you just kind of tried to to tread water. Also, do you know how much I wish that foreign reporter had asked him? And the guy, you know, Lamelo's like, are you asking me? And he goes, no, no, actually, Mr. Goldberg, Wes, um, I understand that you think you should be the number one pick and they just directed it. it <laughs> well, no, hop been. off. We don't need you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks, man. There's actually 69 other people here whose, uh, <laughs> whose responses I want. Uh, give me the other side. So if Lamelo's interview is the least impressive, who is the most? Uh, good question. Um, I, I would say Tyrese Halliburton. Which is funny because he's the other point guard in this draft. And then there's Killian Hayes, who was solid. But I, I think uh, Tyrese Halburn had maybe the most impressive interview that I was on. And I went probably to – I was probably in on 70% of them. You know, there was some, like, second-round picks and stuff that I just wasn't really interested in attending to. But of, like, lottery guys, Halliburton was definitely the most impressive. I mean, just really well-thought-out answers. You could tell he's thought about that stuff before. You could tell he's answered some of these questions before. Very forthcoming um, instead of saying, I don't know if I've talked to that team, he was like, yeah, I've talked to the Pistons. Yeah, I've talked to the Warriors. Like, that's it. What did you talk to him about? Oh, how they think I could be Sean Livingston. Great, thanks, moving on. And he was just like, he had a charisma and a charm about him, and he seemed like an adult, which sounds strange, but when you think about that, like, a lot of these kids are not adults. Like, some of these guys are 19 years old, and and Tyrese Halliburton, sure, he played one extra year in college, but he just seems like, in general a more mature person. And I, if I'm an executive, that, that stands out to me because you want somebody that's not only going to be able to make flashy passes that make YouTube highlight reels, you're going to want somebody who is able to work a locker room, able to work with reporters, able to not be a distraction or just seem dumb. And I'm not saying LaMelo Ball is dumb, but he's he, like, and I'm like, just being honest, he seemed like it. And Tyrese Halliburton didn't. And maybe it's just that LaMelo didn't value this opportunity in front of reporters and Tyrese Halliburton did. But if that were the case for LaMelo, I would just say like, well, then why did you even do it? Because you didn't have to. Right. And if you're going to do something, do it seriously. And if you're not going to just do everything you do seriously, then that was sort of the reflection on me. And in, in contrast to Halliburton, he takes everything he does seriously which would stand out to me if I were in charge of making a draft pick. Absolutely. And the other side of that coin is don't take things for granted, especially right. in a draft whose top side is completely undecided. You know, if you're LaMelo, you might go one, you might go two, you might go 12, you know, and right. there's no way that people in his life aren't telling him that. So if you're going to have a public persona, you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to be a part of a YouTube video, then practice, get it right. You know, don't do the, uh, the Trump debate and then just figure it out as it's going make sure you have responses. And it sounds like Tyrese Halliburton did exactly that. And shit, man, let me use this as a transition. So 
most of today, a lot of our heavy lifting is going to be with a really fun topic that I think you're perfect for and I'm fired up for. But we got a little bit of work to do, um, and it has to do with the draft. And not so surprisingly, you're also perfect for this question. So I'm going to be asking you, Wes, what you think the perfect scenario is for the Warriors in the draft. But Maxine, first, let me tell you why I think uh, Wes is the perfect guy for this. And it involves a story. So Wes and I first met in person, I believe, in the bowels of Chase Center over in the, uh, the press media box, or at least in the mm-hmm. press room. And you know, quick description, because that meeting was both awkward and impressive. Awkward, the room itself is actually on the, the same level of the practice court. It's in the bowels of the arena, and it's made up of two major sections. There's one big room that has like communal tables and you can sit down and watch TV. And I would imagine there's food there for games, although I've never actually been allowed in there for games. And then there's a second room that's much smaller that has a series of desks in it. And each one of these desks has a name, Wes Goldberg, Connor Letourneau. And I would imagine that it's there for the beat writers in order to work. So for this story, I meet Wes in that second room, the work room. And Maxine, you'll be shocked to learn we do not, the huddle does not have a small table that's set up in there. There's nothing right. that says Bram Hills, man. There's nothing that says, you know, yeah, dude, there's, there's nothing there. So I'm Weird. just trying to trade water. I'm trying to pretend like I belong there. Meanwhile, everybody has a place to f- sit and I'm just standing, like pretending like, oh no, if I wanted to sit, I could, but of course I could not. So it was awkward, but that's not the important part. Here's the impressive thing. When I met him, Wes was working, I think, on a free agent piece. And he was talking with all the people around him and kind of freelance, it became immediately clear that this fool knew the analytics, that this guy knew the salary cap in a way that uh, very few people do. It was like watching Rayman count toothpicks on the ground. Another check. Sorry about the toothpicks. 82, 82, 82. 82 what, man? How much is this? Toothpicks. A lot more than two toothpicks, right? Two hundred forty-six total. Good change. Ray, how many toothpicks are you? Um, two fifty. Pretty close. Come on, let's go, Ray. Two hundred forty-six. There's four left in the box. And the good news is that over the last few weeks, he took that uh, that impressive mind and put it towards the draft. He's been doing all types of articles and all types of. Sh- breaking down who the Warriors should go. So he is our guy for this question. Wes, that, uh, that unnecessarily impressive setup aside, let me ask you, all right? What is the best case scenario for the Warriors in the draft? And I don't mean who should they pick specifically at two. Right. You know, right? I mean, if the Warrior fans are hoping for anything, a trade to move down, they pick it to a specific player, a trade for a superstar, anything, what should we hope for um, well, the best possible case scenario, and I don't even know if this is possible, but that you could trade the number two pick for an all-NBA, young all-NBA player, right? Yep. That would be the best case scenario. That's what, If that were on the table, the Warriors would take that. They wouldn't even think twice. That Give me some names. Not, is there anything, any possibilities there or really no? Like that's just, yeah, practically I, speaking, I, it's not happening. The name every Warriors fan dreams about is like Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. That's not happening on draft night, you know? And then um, if, if eventually the 76ers break that duo up, it's not going to be, you know, a couple of weeks from now. And uh, that would that would be it. Like, I, I don't really know what other young and that's the key word, young all NBA player like Drew Holiday. That rumor has been going around this week. He's not an all NBA player. He's a really good player. I'm one of the I'm on the Drew Holiday bandwagon. I own stock in Drew Holiday, but uh, he's barely an all star. So that's not what we're talking about. Um, Bradley Beal, I guess, would be the other option, but he doesn't seem to be available. And so that's really it, man. Like, Victor Oladipo's not doing it. Drew Holiday's not doing it. Uh, Marcus Smart isn't that kind of player. So in lieu of that thing happening within the next few weeks, the best-case scenario to me is a a trade down, but not any of this, like, garbage trading down to 8 for Mitchell Robinson and, and trading down to 10 for Kelly Oubre. Like, that's too far for the Warriors to trade down, even if you get somebody of that caliber, which Mitchell Robinson's not on the table, according to Zach Lowe this week. Um, I never thought he was. Kelly Oubre doesn't exactly move the needle enough for me in that context. 
So I think the best case scenario for Golden State would be to trade down basically one or two spots to three or four and no further than that and pick up an asset in the process. Say, you know, let's trade down with Charlotte at number three. Maybe you're able to pick up Miles Bridges and a future first rounder or a second round pick. Perfect. Or maybe Chicago's there at four. You trade down with them, grab a future first round pick. And you're still, if you're the Warriors, going to get the player that you want. I think that there's basically three players that they would be really happy with. And I think that one of those players would still be there, obviously at three um, and probably at four. Uh, I, I'm Give us the three players. That. I think, I think it would be James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards, and Denny Advia, not in yeah. that order, not in that yeah. order. Those are just the order of the names that came to me. So from that perspective, and if the rumors are true that Charlotte is totally enamored with uh, Wiseman and we figure that Minnesota probably still wants Edwards, there could be a move draft night to just move down one pick, right? Let them have Wiseman um, yep. and then pick up whatever extra assets you could possibly get. Um, I feel that. And I, I'm distracted, Wes. Forgive me. Uh, I got to get this off my chest, but let me ask it as a question. Maxine, this is directed towards you. Did you see the Oakland jerseys? I did. Thumbs up? Thumbs down? Where are you at on that? No, thumbs down. Too little, too Why? late, man. I'm. It, it feels like placation in a way that is pretty offensive. Um yeah, I'm not, I'm not into it. Like they, they leave the city and then they finally give us an Oakland jersey? Nah, man. Like I saw some stuff. Oh, yeah, you know, we moved, but we're not leaving the city. Like bull, man. It's too little too late. I um the Warriors and I must use the word forever differently because if it was fucking Oakland forever, they would still be in the Coliseum. Uh <laughs> so I I'm fairly certain that they didn't mean to stay in the 510 to the end of time. And I I like the jersey. Like, I'm not going to tell you I don't like the jersey. Dude. If I didn't look ridiculous in jerseys, I would buy one. Um, and I'm an East Bay kid. Like, I, I have been wanting to buy an Oakland jersey for the better part of three decades. But for them to do it now after they've left to SF, I don't know, man. It's making me feel a little dirty. It's like, uh, like breaking up with a girl. She moves in with somebody else and then sends you a text to let you know she still has pictures of you and her up in their new house. It's like, I don't either appreciate me when we're f-ing together or just move on. Like, I don't need to know that you still occasionally think of me. So it kind of, it does kind of piss me off. But Wes, you, you share some of my neuroses, but also you're a little calmer and you're not from Oakland. Give me some advice here. Be pissed. Where do you stand on the, on the Oakland Forever jersey? Well, like you said, I'm not from Oakland. I'm not going to weigh in here. This is not, but I, I will say this. It wasn't a great look for them to come out with the Oakland Forever jersey the same day where it was reported that they are not going to pay back like the $40 million they owe for renovations <laughs> to Oracle. That was not a great look. <laughs> I like that you couldn't even finish the sentence of I'm not going to give a take before giving a take. Nicely played, <laughs> Wes. That's exactly why I love you as a guest. But uh, let's not get distracted. In fact, let's move on to the section I have been crazy fired up for. So... The section itself is called Getting to Know You, and the idea is pretty easy. I mean, really, it's a variation on the the off-the-court report. Wes has followed this team, followed them last year. He's watched their practice. He's traveled with them. He knows all the various personalities, and I love that stuff. I love finding out what's going on within the locker room, but equally as important, Steph and Clay are going to be joining a team next year that is completely new. You know, they didn't spend any time with him. They didn't get to really, well, Steph, at least, didn't get to really um, learn anything about him during the mini camp. So on the off chance that either Steph or Clay is listening currently, I'm going to take us through a personality-based game. Wes, I put together a bunch of questions that kind of flesh out the various personalities on the Warriors, right? Before you give us who you think the response is, Maxime and I will both give our best guesses, and then we will turn to you for the ultimate answer. But I should say, obviously, this isn't reporting. Everybody settled down. These are still just guesses from Wes. They just happen to be educated guesses. And uh, let me give you our first. What player on this current roster, Maxime, do you think is most likely to be an angry drunk? Oof. Um, wow, that's a great question. Is it, it requires both that they would drink to excess, right? To the point where they would actually get... Oh, great distinction. You know what? No. Assume that all of them suddenly find themselves drunk. <laughs> Even Steph is a part of this one. Ooh, okay. Oh, that does change things. Um, I mean, because there's a certain element that is like, 
it's a blurry line between competitive and and, and angry, you know. So yeah, well, and I'm I talking feel about like, the guy who, like starts a fight for no reason. Like we all had that friend, you know, could be super nice, but they have one too many ounces of alcohol, and suddenly it's just somebody else. And, like so, something else spills out of them, and you got to deal with it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm gonna go with um, with uh, Alan Smilegeech. Uh, you know, I think like he's, he's young, so maybe he doesn't have as much experience dealing with alcohol, but also like, you know, there's, they, they drink a little bit different over in Serbia. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a big dude willing <laughs> to kind of like throw him around. I do not around. know what you're saying. <laughs> I, strangely, I've never drank in Serbia, but I will take your really? word for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that you're wrong, unfortunately. Oh. Um, I, I think people may think Draymond, but no way. Um, that that would require an element of being out of control. That is not Draymond. He lives on the edge of being too furious while not being too furious. So he could always control it. I'm going to say, and this is a surprise, Andrew Wiggins. Here's why. Icy demeanor, we've made fun of it a thousand times, but we've also talked about this dude disappoints too strong of a word, but he's never really lived up to the expectations at every level, right? In high school, he didn't quite make it at Kansas, didn't quite make it Minnesota, didn't quite make it. There's no way he's happy about that. No way. And if we add a couple levels of alcohol in there, I think he's going to tap in to the resentment that is, you know, just simmering. And yeah, dude, I'm going Andrew Wiggins, Andrew or angry drunk. Uh, but not Wes. to mention, right? He's he's had to deal with so many bodies at a bodies. certain point. No, you kind of like lose your mind right. there, yes. you know? No, that's absolutely. But although I think that would make you more of like a despondent drunk, you know, mm. like you just kind of like trail off staring into nothing. So he's still my guy. But let's let's find out the uh, the probable right response, Wes. Angriest drunk on the team. So the Andrew Wiggins thing is funny because um, people have been trying to like tap into something like, okay, no, you must be like a little angry. No, you must be like some competitive. Like there must be a fire in you somewhere. I I don't claim to know Andrew Wiggins well, um, but I have taken a car ride with him and tried to tap into that. Um, on one like we, so the Warriors had like this thing at SFO, like this, uh, I don't know, some community thingy at SFO. And Andrew Wiggins was going to be there. This was right after the trade deadline. And so for my one-on-one interview, um, I just rode in the car with him, right? And and he was just so laid back. And he was just sort of like scrolling through his phone the whole time. And at one point, I literally asked him, like, you hate doing this right now, don't you? Just to see if there was like something to get a rise out of him in some way. And then he was like, no, not really. And I was just like, all right, man, like, th- that's all I got. I got nothing else. Well, um, was he drinking like a Serbian, though? Great question. No, but I don't <laughs> think that even if you got him drunk on anything American or Serbian or whatever, I just don't think that that fire exists in him. I just don't see it. You didn't have to break down why I'm wrong. You didn't have to break down why I'm wrong. I mean, okay, who's the angriest drunk? I actually thought Alan Smilagic was a good answer. That's what I'm going to go with. But you guys, you guys talked a lot around it, and I actually think the answer is Marquise Chris. Um, do we remember when he like almost punched Luka Doncic in the face? There is a there is a short fuse with Marquise Chris, and I actually know that he's been working on it, right? Like that is something, and so I don't mean to kind of like drag this back, but it's it's one of the reasons why it didn't work out in Phoenix and Houston. You can't just blame the organization. So at some point, the player is responsible for things going wrong too. Um, and Marquise Chris was known since high school of having a really short fuse, and I think. He's worked on that consciously, and it's helped him, and he's a better person and player for it. But if he's really drunk, some of that self-control goes out the window, and I think Marquise Chris would be the guy to uh, get into a fight at a bar if he was drinking too much. It's a great response, and it just... I am so me. glad you prefaced this with... And by the way, like you prefaced this that there's no reporting here at all. Yes. No, and no, I know no. I kind of talked about some things that I did as a reporter, but... Uh, Marquise Chris is also my favorite player on the team to interview, yes. and he's an absolute delight, and he is... Um, just again, one of my favorite players in the league to interview. So I just am prefacing all that because I feel like I've said some. This is uh, fun and games. This is allegedly none of this is fact. If anybody is taking this for actual reporting, please rewind this 45 seconds and listen to the giant hedge. I dropped up top, and let me also admit to you, Wes, that that answer just gutted me. So one, you know, you had to you had to go with Maxine and said smile Jesus, that hurt me. Two, you yes. obviously are right about Wiggins, that also hurt me. But three, and maybe most importantly, 
I've got another question down the line. It was going to be happiest drug. I'm just going to admit to you now, I had Marquise Chris. That like that literally was what I was going to say. So, so he could also be that. Okay, well, don't tell me. Don't, don't, don't tell me. I'm not like, okay, we're gonna, we'll get to that question. But <laughs> as you went through this, dude, I'm just telling you, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. But uh, let's move to the next one. Maxime, here's the next one in front of us. You and I are both tied at zero as things stand. What player, not named Steph, Clay, or Andrew, does the locker room trust to hit a clutch last second shot to win the game? Um, and I'll go first to give you a little bit of time. So looking at the roster, not a lot of options, not a lot of options. It would either be Poole or Pascal for me just because of how they played um, last year. And all said and done, it's got to be Pascal because of his success. You know, like Poole was a gunner but didn't really do anything until the, the end. Damian Lee had some, sex, or some success offensively, but I, I don't know. They're not going to trust him. So I think – it's Pascal, and I also think they're going to be really happy to see people named Steph, Clay, or Andrew enter uh, enter the room. Who's your guest? Uh, first of all, I just want to say I feel like I'm 0.5 to year zero. No, but, no, no, uh, no, no. He did not say that. No, he, he specifically <laughs> named somebody else. Let's not. Don't start playing games with the vote. Okay. Just saying. Um, this is all speculation, and my speculation was closer, but I, I understand we're dealing in binaries here. I do think... It is Damian Lee, and I think the big part of the question is who does the locker room trust? And I think at the end of the day, Damian Lee has a little bit more clout, you know? The relationship, the familial relationship with Steph is such that I think Steph implicitly trusts him on a deeper level. Um, and, I mean, he's proven it enough times in clutch moments that, that you know, he can put a shot down. So I think it's Damian Lee. Wes? Damian Lee makes a lot of sense. I mean, he does have a lot of – he's well-respected, well-liked in that locker room. I think if he got the ball at the last second and had to make a shot, the locker room would feel good about it. Uh, but I, 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 Pascal's the answer. Oof. Pascal edges him out a little oh. bit just because um, he can get to the line, right? And I, I think that's something that players really value is that, you know what, maybe the defense just does a great job and they're crowding your space – and what Pascal can do that Damian Lee can't is just put his shoulder down and, and just draw a foul. And and that we, we've seen over and over again how hugely important that can be. So I think the answer is Eric Pascal. Not only do I appreciate you saying that, but I'm not sure if I mentioned this up front, Wes, but I think it's so cool that you got to watch a game with Joe Lacob. I'm, I'm just, I think that's awesome, man. So, you know, good, good for you. And let's move uh, <laughs> to this next question. What player thinks he is the funniest in the locker room? Drops hella jugs but actually isn't funny at all. You know, just that dude who, who just keeps pressing it and people give him the fake smile and the fake laughs, but internally they wish he would just stop. I'll go first again because we've already been talking about his name, Damian Lee. I'm positive it's Damian Lee. I, I bet you he feels like he has an intrigue track with everybody because of his uh, relationship with Steph. He also seems totally comfortable talking. You know, we, we've seen him give interviews. He doesn't seem to be bashful at all. So I can see him like kind of pressing humor in the locker room, but I don't think anybody finds him funny. And I don't, I, I, I feel his relationship with Steph may work against him. There might be some resentment. So uh, he's my guess. Wow. That's a really, actually a, a really excellent take because originally, you know, for me personally, right. If I was in the locker room, I think my answer might be Jordan Poole. I think some of the antics that he did like oh, center sure. court when they were introducing him early on, sure. um, yeah. just like didn't, Land. I just didn't find it funny at all. However, I think other players on the team did, right? There's now this dynamic of like 20, young 20 somethings that kind of almost have like a click going on. And I could see how they, how, you know, the Instagram generation, let's say, might find that humor more palatable. So I don't know if it's fair to also say Damian Lee, but I think he sort of lands in that sweet spot of like not quite relating to what is now a pretty young core. Wes, can you give the same answer? I'll let you be the judge on this. No, it's not Damian Lee, and it's not Jordan Poole either. Both of them are really quiet in the locker room. This is actual reporting. I'm, I, we could just talk like this is uh, – This I, is actual reporting on who thinks he's funny but not? Yeah. Uh, I wish Omari Spellman was still on the roster because he would have been the slam dunk for this because he was the guy – and I, Omari Spellman, again, one of my favorite interviews on this team, but he was definitely the guy walking around, slapping with towels, you know, making fun of guys, oh. Jordans or like whatever, like the, what are those jokes? Like, and you could tell, like, 
not at first at the locker room, but people are like, all right, man, get dressed. Like we're going home, you know, a little bit. Um, so, but he's not on the roster anymore. So it's a tie, I think, between Marquise Chris and Kai Bowman. Those two are probably the most talkative in the locker room. Um, and I'm going to give it to Kai Bowman only because he's got like that thick North Carolina accent. Sure. Yeah. And I just don't know that other guys always know what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm going to go with him for that reason. Also, one of my favorite interviews on the team. So he might actually be funny, but people just don't understand it. Right. They can tell he's joking, so they just, they just immediately press it. What's your personality type, Wes? Um, so for me, if you were telling me a joke and either I don't understand it or I don't think it's funny, I'll laugh. I will definitely laugh. I will make eye contact with you and I will fake laugh until I'm positive that you think I think it was funny. For you, are you like, are you a placator? Will you do that? Or will you just kind of coldly stare and be like, that was not funny at all? I am, if I'm paying attention, so there's, there's a, I have a breaking point. If I'm paying attention, I will fake laugh. And I, and I don't know if I'm a good liar or not but I will fake laugh and I will at least give you that courtesy. But I do have a point where if I have to fake laugh like two or three times, I'll just straight up forget that you're there oh, you bet. and, and <laughs> just stop paying attention to you. And then I think people start to get the hint, which is something that was recently pointed out to me, by the way. So that was a very uh, astute question that you just asked. I will fake laugh and fake smile till my face hurts. I will fake laugh and fake smile until my face hurts the next day. And I'm thinking back on, <laughs> God damn, I wish I had not fake laughed and fake smiled so much. Maxime, my guess is with you that you're more like me than you are like Wes. What's the answer? Yeah, for sure. I just, the discomfort of seeing somebody try so hard to crack a joke and have it not be funny completely wins out on any sort of ability that I might have to make them feel bad about not being funny. Like, I just want everybody to feel okay in any given situation. There are... Can I just say, just from a, a also, Eric Paschal, the ultimate straight man in that locker room. I mean, for whatever reason, people love to talk to Paschal. And that's not to say, like, he's a really, really nice guy. He's really easy to talk to. But he he always ends up playing the straight man. I think it's because of where his locker room his locker was situated. It was like right between when Omari Spellman was on the team. It was like Spellman, Marquise Chris, Kai Bowman, and Pascal. And like when I'm talking about like the guys who like try to clown on each other, like Pascal was always the guy that was just like cut it out, but like in a funny, friendly way. So that that I thought was um, interesting because. <laughs> I think you need a straight man when you've got a lot of kind of guys cl trying to clown around. And it was it made for an interesting dynamic in the locker room. It's the perfect follow-up question and one I wish I had had here in my notes. In fact, I'll just pretend. Wes, I was just about to ask you that. So it's really good. It's really good that you followed up with that. Let's get this out of the way. You guys saw it coming. Happiest drunk. Happiest drunk. So you know my guess. I've already told you. Let me give you the pitch. Marquis Chris's professional life was pretty much done. You know, with what happened in Phoenix, teams had kind of given up on him. And because the Warriors took a chance on him, as things stand right now, he is the probable starting center on a championship contending team next year. There's no way that some of that happiness hasn't registered inside of him. Now, he can't show it outwardly. He's got to pretend or at least seem like, of course, this is what I expected. He's a former lottery pick. So he can't be parading around like, oh, I can't believe I'm this lucky. So... I think that when you knock down his defenses a little bit, you add some of that Serbian drinking, there's a real good chance the happiness spills out. I'm going Marquise Chris. <laughs> you know, it's funny because like, I feel like in the same way that, that somebody could be both ends of the spectrum, I was thinking Smiley Geach actually would be a great answer here. He seems like it's the same sort of thing. It's like he's a big guy. He's got nothing to worry about. He like came from out of nowhere coming up from the G league. Oh, yeah. um, but he looks happy drunk. Even when he's sober, he just looks happy and drunk. And like similar, loping yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> completely. Uh, but I, I actually, I'm going to go with um, Kavon Looney and it's for similar reasons. Like, first of all, I think he's kind of like a happy go lucky guy. And I think he really appreciates and has internalized a lot of Steve Kerr sticking up for him over the years and gotten to a place where he really appreciates the opportunities that he's had on the team. Um, and he's like right in that place where he doesn't have, too much pressure on him you know he doesn't need to perform like a superstar like I feel like Clay is like maybe an obvious answer up front but I think he actually takes on more pressure than than one might think you know over the course of a season so he wouldn't be the happiest drunk though I would imagine right. him being a happy drunk 
I wouldn't even be shocked if you asked Clay and he was like, I don't drink. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't totally shock me. Like I know that he has other recreational activities. Um, and if I had to put money down, it would be that he drinks, but it wouldn't shock me if he, uh, if he abstained, but Wes, what's the answer? Both of those are really, really good answers. But the first guy that came, what am I supposed to say? Which one of yours is right, or do I come up? No, with no, my no, own? no, no. Really... You come with your own answer, and then we we see if it agrees with either of us. Oh well, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> Damien Lee, <laughs> U.S. <laughs> Damien Lee is actually the guy who sort of bridges the gap in the locker room between veterans and young guys because he was there, right? Like he was the two-way player. Sure. He did have to scratch and claw for Rosper, so he gets it. And I think those players respect him in a certain way. Um, not that better or worse, but just say like, Hey man, you've been where we've been. So like you get it. You're not like an all world shooter, like staff, you don't, you know, you don't, or clay or whatever. Um, and, and Damien Lee's like really just sort of down to earth. Like he's just like one of the guys, like he's, he's always kind of, um, you know, on the practice court, he's always involved with everybody and stuff like that. He just seems to me to be like a guy who, you get a few beers in him or something, you give him like a bottle of red wine and he's just going to let loose a little bit more. And that's all it's going to take. And he's just going to have like a really, really good time. I love that. Um, and I, I should say that I want to give props where it's due. It's super random, man, but I found kind of a awesome sports bar uh, in the East Bay. Um, God damn, I can't remember his name, but everything in 2020 is off, dude. Uh, one of the things that's super off is we're all watching sports alone. You know, like we can't like be around other people, which is kind of the upside of sports watching. And I found this goddamn bar. I can't believe I'm, I'll look it up, but it had like a huge outdoor area. It had like these big tables set up. It had all this astroturf and shit. And it was a really cool return to huh. being able to watch sports with people around uh, Oakland Athletic Club, Oakland Athletic Club. So props to them. Um, I really enjoyed going there. Good food. Like it felt cool. So I don't know. Uh, it, it, we've been talking all about drinking. So I at least wanted to throw that up. Um, Wes, I know that we promised you we'd get out of here as quickly as possible. And I also know that we're holding this crazy quick. So let's streamline this. Um, Maxime, we are going to get your takes on each one of these questions next week, I promise. But let's just go straight to Wes as we go forward. But before we stop hearing from you, any takes? I mean, I, you know I love your opinion, so anything you have now, now's the time to drop. Yeah, hell yeah, I got, I got two takes. The first one is very clearly uh, I don't spend time with these players off the court. I've been consistently surprised by Wes's answers, and then they make sense. You know, you contextualize it really well for me, Wes. It makes me want to know these players better. Um, but, like, yeah, clearly um, uh, this is not based on any substantial reporting because I have none of it. Um, and the other thing is that I've been enjoying a lot of bike rides this pandemic, um, and I live pretty close to that Oakland Athletic Club. And every time I drive by, it looks like a great time. Yo, um, it's legit. So. You've seen that shit? It's legit, right? Oh, my like, gosh. I, yes. Okay. Um, oh, I'm glad you said that, man. Uh, I, like, I really I felt like I was kind of out on a limb, um, and I appreciate you saying that. But, Wes, let's keep the uh, the bar theme. So I used to have a friend uh, named Jeremy. We called him JT. And throughout college, dude, every time we went to a bar together, even if he was driving, even if we went with a large group of people, if he met somebody at that bar, he would disappear immediately. It didn't matter, like, just uh, completely disappear and never say anything to you. So like, you know, at the end of the night, 2 a.m., you're looking around, you need your ride. This is the person who's going to bring you back to the dorms or to the house or whatever. And this fool was gone because he met a girl and just bounced and never told us about it. So of the players on this roster, who would be most likely to do that? They go to the club, they go to somewhere, and then they meet somebody and bounce without saying anything to anybody. Here's my guess. It's an old school name, Draymond Green. It's not really a shot at him. You know, like, I think he's a very loyal dude. I think he's a good stand-up guy, but I also think he has a real strong sense of what's good for him, as we've seen with some of his pro-LeBron takes recently. So, if you know, they all go out. I don't think he leaves Steph. Um, probably doesn't leave Clay, but the rest of this roster, if he met somebody, and this presumes he's not married, different portion of his life, I think he's gone like a thief in the night. That's the right answer. Um, I think a lot of people would say, like, Clay Thompson, they would assume. But Clay's like, a really loyal dude. Like, he's the guy that walks into the club, and he's there for, like, eight minutes, and he's, and he's like, nah, I don't want to be here anymore. And then he, like, does the, the finger twirl for his boys, and then they leave. Um, 
no, Draymond Green's the right answer, 100%. And for exact, like, he's, like, me above everybody else. And, look, he's earned that right. That's how he's gotten to where he is. Like, it's not a selfish thing. It's just, like, yo, I'm, this is what I need to do right now for me and what's best for me. I'm bouncing later. Would you bounce? I think I might, if I'm being honest with you. So, like, I would know what I want to tell you right now is, of course not. I'm the most loyal person on earth, which is true, which is 100% true. Wes, if you told me right now to hate a stranger, I would hate them with everything I had. You're my boy. (laughs) I would do that. But I'm also kind of selfish, you know? Like, if I went to the club and I fell in love that evening, there's a chance I'd disappear. I don't want to. I'd feel guilty. You know, that next day, I'd fire off a ton of apologetic texts. But you might lose me. Um, If I had to guess for you, I I think you're like me. I think you would bounce, too. What's the response? I I will leave without saying anything. I will not leave with somebody else. Almost (laughs) that I didn't meet. Almost ever. Um... Because if I'm leaving, it's just because I don't want to be with people. I'm not suddenly getting infatuated with another person who is in addition to the people I got there with. Like, no, if I'm leaving, it's because I don't want to be around people anymore. I am a Irish goodbye, like person. That's what I do. I just, I just, you're like, where's Wes? Well, Wes left 30 minutes ago. He's already in bed. That's me. Meanwhile, that answer for me maybe sound like a player. I, I have I've been married like my entire life, dude. Like I haven't met a new girl like God knows how long. So if that gave you some other impression, my apologies. Uh, let me give you another one. So there are certain things that dictate personality. I don't know why. I don't make the rules, but there are one of those things. Weird pets. Like if you own a giant rat at the house, Agreed. right? Or like yep. you have a or something it says something about you like i don't know what it says but it says something so for this roster what player is most likely to own a very strange pet i'm going kai bowman wes and it's it's because really and it's it's an oversimplified answer but another one of those things that kind of dictates personality weird hairstyle if i've got Mm -hmm. a mullet you know if i've got a giant mohawk if I've grown my hair down to my ankles, I'm trying to tell you something. Like you may not be able to pick it up, like what it is I'm saying, but I'm communicating something non-verbally. And Kai Bowman communicated a bunch of weird things with his hair last year. I'm going weird pet Kai Bowman. I'm saying like giant lizard, like an iguana, something weird like that. I was thinking hedgehog. Okay, that's wow. That's even stranger than an iguana. Good for you. Um. I knew a guy that had a hedgehog once. He was weird. No, um, you did not. I also, <laughs> I did. Yeah, in high school, he had a hedgehog. He named him Sonic because 98% of hedgehogs of are named Sonic. Yeah, of course. And um, that's a fact. Look that up. Um, <laughs> no, I actually also knew somebody um, in college, and she was one of these weird animal people. And you're exactly right. It sort of dictates for Like, I knew that about her before I ever, like, knew about the animal <laughs> stuff. Right? And it was she was more of like a friend of a friend. And so like we went to her her apartment one time and we were like doing, we're going to play a star Wars drinking game because that's what you do in college. And um, it turned out that she had a ton of animals. Go figure. She also had a ton of incense. So that was nice. But (laughs) um, uh, dogs, cats, it's the normal ones, but then you got the weird ones. She owned a flying squirrel. She owned several parakeets. In college? Uh, Flying squirrel, the flying squirrel on my friend which was fun. Um, she also owned a snake and she put the snake in the bathroom just so that like you could feel bad about yourself a little bit every time you peed. Um, and so, yeah, there was definitely a vibe there. Uh, the answer for the Warriors is Jordan Poole. Um, Jordan Poole is a little bit... Jordan Poole is 90% basketball player, 10% influencer. And uh, I think that influencer side would lend itself to having maybe like one weird pet, like like a, a teacup pig or something like that, just for the gram. Um, that I, and so I think the answer there is Jordan Poole. This is an incredible response. Uh, just as a random aside, my freshman year in college, I went to UC Santa Cruz. Up on the fourth floor where I was staying at the Beard Dorms, there was a girl named Tracy who owned a giant iguana. And I remember feeling really weird. Like one, you shouldn't have pets in the dorms. Just straightforward, like- That's not allowed. No, I mean, there's just, yeah. I mean, just even, I don't care about the rule. I did a lot of things that weren't allowed in the dorms, but those rooms aren't that big. You don't really have room for like a goldfish 
let alone a giant iguana. But for this memory, everybody kind of gave her crap about it. And what I remember is she brought the iguana out and to show everybody it wasn't dangerous, she had it walk across her face. And three steps in, the iguana's nail got stuck on the left-hand side of her eye and she started saying, mm, she started screaming, somebody come and grab the lizard. And I went immediately into my room, immediately. Like there was no time in between at all. I just got the hell out of there. I still don't know what happened to her. I don't know what happened with that iguana. And all of this is making me think of that story. So Tracy, if you're listening, you shouldn't have had the iguana. That was on you. No one was going to help you. I don't know what to tell you. Sleep with one eye open. <laughs> That's all she had left. Wes, what player is most likely to become best friends with Clay Thompson? And here's where oh. I'm at. So I feel really off on this one. I, I, it's impossible for me to guess. And it's a name we've heard a lot of times. I'm going smiley. And, and here's why. I don't know what they would do with one another. I don't feel like there's like a go-to activity that they would suddenly enjoy. And I don't even know if they would be able to speak. But for some reason, I feel like Clay would just enjoy the awkward, weird Euro energy that Smiley brings to the table. I can see them just hanging out, doing God knows what, nodding silently at one another, secretly enjoying their time. Am I right? I really like that answer. Um... That's a, that's that's a good one. I would, I would probably, for similar reasons, say Andrew Wiggins, only because they could talk oh. when they wanted to. <laughs> but both, I could just see both of them just playing Call of Duty and just like not speaking for three hours and just being like, "Yeah, that's my new best friend." Um, but Smiley Geach, is, Smiley Geach, I think like Clay would enjoy going to Chili's and eating queso with Smiley Geach. So I, I, I'd say it's a tie between him and Wiggins. Although to be fair, who wouldn't enjoy going to Chili's with Clay and, and eating queso? I mean, that sounds like a hell of a day. I would do it, yeah. Last question. Who is the person in the locker room that everybody feels close to? That guy that everyone kind of in their mind thinks is like, well, I'm kind of his best friend. But really, that person is best friends with everybody in there. So here's my response it's a cheating response because it requires a time machine i'm fast forwarding about let's say six weeks my response is steph i don't know if he actually builds relationships with any of these people if put under truth serum and they asked him do you care about so and so i don't think he would actually tell you yes but i think that his personality type his leadership skills all the things that go into that are he's going to spend these next few months massaging everybody, having everybody look up to him and then being approachable enough where they will think, my God, I'm best friends with a superstar, but secretly Steph does not reciprocate the relationship. Yeah. That like, if you had the time machine, I could definitely see Steph doing that because even now, like, or even I should say, you know, right before the end of the year when Steph was practicing with them and everything, like a lot of players would be like, yeah, you know, I practice with Steph. I'm shooting with Steph all the time. You know, me and Steph have a good relationship or whatever, but there's definitely like an arm's distance that they feel that everybody feels because he wasn't around the team that much. It's not because he's being standoffish. It's just, he's a superstar of superstars and these other guys weren't. And, and so, you know, there was definitely a little bit of a separation there. Um, and so six months, six weeks from now, whatever. Yeah. That, that, that's probably is the answer. Um, but for the sake of not having a time machine, the answer right now, you don't have a time machine. I don't have one. Um, I have to come over and use yours, but, uh, uh, I think Pascal, I still think it's Pascal. Yeah. Because Pascal and pool and some of these other, I think Marquise, um, some of these guys all live like in the same building or set of buildings near Chase Center. And so I think Pascal is like the one who would definitely like he'll he'll always be like down to like hop on to like Xbox Live with you or do whatever or PlayStation, whichever one they have, <laughs> and just like and, and just play a game with you. But he's not really like gonna take like an extracurricular interest in any one player, but he's just gonna kind of do that as politely as possible with like every player in that locker room where a lot of those players kind of like were mixed and matched. Like Michael Mulder wasn't on the team until right. like two weeks before the season right. started. He's probably played, you know, NBA 2K online with Pascal more than anybody would be my guess. And so guys like that would probably say like, yeah, I'm probably closest to Pascal. Um, so that's, that's why that's my answer. 
I love this response. Um, dude, I, I love having you on the show. You know how I feel about you as a guest, and I am positive I'm not the only one. For people who need your unique insight, need your takes on the draft, your takes on the personalities, your takes on anything in Warriors land, where the hell should they go? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at WC Goldberg. Um, I post all my work on there, but in case you want to subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Warriors. So get a subscription to the Mercury News. Newspapers need help right now. Um, sign up for a subscription. We are going to have a ton of draft. Con- I mean, a ton of draft content coming up in the next couple of weeks. And then it's free agency. We're hit. We're, we're running with it. Um, and, and I'm uh, yeah, I'll be working full time covering all of that. Quick hits from us. All of this is repetitive, probably boring, but you want to reach out and let me know I did a good job. We did a bad job. We didn't hit the questions you wanted. We did hit the questions you wanted. All takes. WarriorsHuddle at gmail.com. Our lone social media presence is at WarriorsHuddle, which is Twitter. Um, Maybe, maybe not most importantly, but at least worth stating. If you like this show and you have anything to do with iTunes, I mean anything to do with iTunes. If you even know what iTunes is, hop on there and give us a five-star review. It's impossible for me to tell you how much that would help us out. And with that in mind, we appreciate you. Go Warriors, and uh, hopefully we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to 200 in fee-free overdraft with the Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stripe Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.